0: Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Loco. My name is Lauren Colvin, and this is the podcast where I interview girls in creative careers about how they landed their dream jobs and about how you can do it too. Today on the podcast, I am so excited to be talking to Ati all about a career in dance. Ati has been dancing since high school and into college, and we talk a little bit about the different career paths for dance, but my favorite part about this conversation is just about putting yourself out there, being in the arts, growing that thick skin that you need to you know, be your own authentic self and then going out into this world where it feels like there is so much going on, so much noise and finding your own niche and creating your own path for yourself. So Ati has so much incredible wisdom to share, not just for the dance world, but for anyone. And I am so excited for you guys to get to talk to her or listen to our talk today. Um, I had so much fun and I think you're going to too. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview. With Ati today. Hey Lauren, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I know. I'm so excited to have you on today and talk all about your career and what you've done. Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself?
1: You guys, I am super excited to be on the podcast. I am Ati. I am known as Miss Ati on YouTube and I have a dance channel. So you know, there's there's lots of stuff on there. There's choreography tutorials, there's technical skills, there's like full-length classes. Um, so that's kind of my, my main MO is the YouTube channel. But other than that, I love to go to different studios and choreograph and teach and Basically, all the things dance, Lauren, is, is what I'm
0: about. So. Yes, and I love it because as long as I've known you, you have been a dancer, and it's so <laughs> awesome to see you creating such an incredible career out of that because I think a lot of people don't see dance as a viable option, you know, right. and you're wow. here showing that it is, so I can't That's wait sweet. to dive Thank in. You. So let's start from the beginning, and I would love to hear if dancing was something you always knew you were going to do or how you fell in love with it.
1: Yeah. I love this question. Um, okay. Back, like way back girl, like <laughs> 1997. Okay. I was three years old and my mom put me in, in ballet class. It was kind of that like typical, are you going to play soccer or are you going to go do ballet classes? You know, like the totally. classic, um, the classic options. So I went to ballet class and it sounds so cheesy, but it's the truth. It just from there like the rest was history i just never stopped dancing so i love my sweet mother for just like putting me in there and i fell i fell in love with it um so from the young age of 3 like all the way you know until now i'm 26 almost 27 yeah um it's it's just been like a, a massive massive I, I wouldn't even say part of my life it like it literally is my life in so many different facets um but, you know, there was, there was never a time where I doubted dance, if that makes sense. I, mm-hmm. I get that question a lot where people are like, how did you know that that would be the thing that you would do or this would be your career or, you know, whatever the, the question, whatever form the question comes in. And I never had a, a specific point where I was like, this is it. I just knew from the beginning that nothing else could be it.
0: Because mm-hmm. dance just
1: felt so good and so um, just natural. Like, it was the, the yeah. place that I needed to be. Um, so it was kind of like a – it was almost like, you know when people tell you when you don't know what you want, you figure out first what you don't want. Right. And then it kind of, like, eliminates it, right? So with dance, I was like, okay, I know I don't want any of this other stuff. So it kind of just left this, like, beautiful little world of, of dance and art for me to kind of just, um, to live in, if that makes sense. And Absolutely. it just stuck. Yeah. yeah,
0: no, I love that. <laughs> and I love again, that you were able to take it on and you don't have to say goodbye to it or like try to move on to a different career. Like you made it your whole life. Right. And that's so yeah. incredible. So yeah. when you were going into high school, you were on the dance <laughs> team in high school. Do you think that that was, um, really important to then like going into college and dance, what kinds of stuff were you doing in high school to like help continue on into college and into your career? Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, we need to tell the people Yes. what our high school was, our high school was, was unique, right. In comparison to like other people's. Definitely. We
0: went to an all girls high school, which loved,
1: (sighs) loved. Yes. I know every, and I don't know if you get the same reaction, but every time I tell people they're like, what you enjoyed all girls
0: like how was like, that? that yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like awesome <laughs> awesome
1: right because and you know I don't want to speak for you but I feel like in high school I was so laser focused on dance and school you know whatever
0: yeah blah, blah, blah. yeah that's but a good school you know? I'm like yeah. and
1: academics yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but it's you know you're asking me the question of like like what did you do in high school what was that transition like before and I think high school was a huge, um, a huge help because I was so again, laser focused and just like, I had no, like my eyes were literally only situated on dance, how, you know, how dance team is doing. And that was a huge commitment, of course. Um, Mm -hmm. but in high school, I feel like that was a moment where I was like, this is, this is what I'm going to go into seriously Mm because that was a time where, you know, you're applying to colleges and college dance departments and all of these things. You know, people on the dance team were kind of starting to, like, taper off into, I'm not going to dance. I'm going to become, you know, I don't know, like a business major or communicate, whatever. Like, they're starting to think about, like, what they're going to do and how dance doesn't fit in their life, kind of. And for me, it was the opposite. I was like, all right, I am so full force into this. Like, how can I use this high school experience to Kind of propel me into the best um, yes. the best situation in college. Um, prior to high school, I of course was dancing at studios, um, which for anyone in the dance world, they know that. Studio is very different from high school. Um, mm-hmm. And I was competing. I was competing for both. Uh, I competed at studios and I did uh, ballet solos. So that was like strictly ballet. And then, as you know, dance team was everything we did the oh my miracle. Gosh. Yeah. Hi- Your girl was doing hip hop. It was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a hip hop dancer. I was like always in the back row, just like being tall and lanky and awkward. Um, but anyway, so so high school came in and it really, really opened my eyes to the different styles um, and the different career paths that kind of come with, with the dance world, because we had so many professionals coming in to work with us as the team. Oh, incredible! I was like, okay, like I'm going to, I'm going to be that person one day that like walks in the studio and like runs the rehearsal and sets pieces and, you know, just that competition. So high school really opened my eyes to, to the possibilities.
0: Absolutely. And our dance team at our high school was incredible. I mean, you guys were All-star. Like you guys won a bunch of national, right? You guys went on to like win some huge awards.
1: We did. We did. And you know what? It truly was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. But Lauren, there was a lot of like blood, sweat, and tears behind that. Oh, I believe it. Polished dance. We had, they still have the most incredible coach. And, you know, she, she really kicked our butts in the best way possible. Like we became these kind of just mega humans basically, because you had to have a thick skin, you know, you're, you're in rehearsal and you're just getting criticized like left and right. But, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, it was all for our growth. It was all for the team's benefit and kind of just step up and show up, not only for myself, but for the team. Um, so Absolutely. yes, I, I appreciate you saying like we were, you know, a great team. But like there was there was a lot, a lot of work behind the scenes and weekend practices and like. Oh all my the gosh! Things.
0: No, you guys worked so hard. It reminds me of. Did you watch Cheer on Netflix? The documentary. I did. I, I did. Like like a little portion of that, like. A hundred
1: percent. Yeah, you're like working through injuries.
0: Everyone's crying. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like,
1: but you wouldn't trade it for the world. You know, no. it yeah. truly
0: was one of the best experiences. So. And I think building a thick skin like that is so important going into the arts. And, um, and that was something I was wanting to ask you about dance as well. Like, and especially in ballet, like, I feel like ballet is a dance style that is very particular. And I feel like the, maybe the stereotype, but like of like the teachers or the classes is like perfection. Like it needs to be perfection and like, and that can take a toll on you as a person. Um, Mm -hmm. so how do you Mm -hmm. cope with that being a dancer?
1: you know, what's, um, not funny, but it's very relevant right now. There's been a lot of professional dancers, um, speaking out on their experiences at professional companies. Um, you know, there's various YouTubers and just like, um, just big names in the dance world who are like, Hey, this was actually incredibly traumatic because, and I'm not speaking from my, you know, I was never in a professional ballet company, but it's, it still range true. Um, in other aspects of the dance industry is this kind of, and especially ballet, you're correct. um, This ideal of perfectionism, whether it's your technique, whether it's your body, that's a huge, huge one. Oh my Mm -hmm. goodness. You know, whether it's the jobs you're booking, the castings, the agencies you've made it into, whatever, or, you know, you're just showing work. You're showing work in front of like a panel or something. And there's so much pressure on you. Um, I think it's kind of a rite of pass a passage for dancers, where you have to go through, you have to go through that hardship of just. It sounds it sounds strange, but you you kind of have to walk through the path of like self doubt. Mm-hmm. You have to walk through the path of of kind of filtering other people's opinions of you, and like whether you're going to take them to heart or not. Mm -hmm. also this is poignant filtering whose opinion actually holds weight yeah is giant um and you know I'm speaking I think this year um I don't know what it is about this year but I have majorly majorly um let go of other people's perceptions and I'm 26 girl like this took me a long time like to get here even it's not fully gone you know Totally. Um, but absolutely, I think as a dancer, you're, it's literally ingrained in your head from early, early on that there's this kind of ideal, or there's this standard, you can kind of parallel it to like the beauty industry, you know, all mm-hmm. of this, all of this, um, these expectations are kind of being like, just pushed at you. Yeah. And so it's so challenging to, to not feel like you need to measure up or be better than those standards. Um, but it's, it's it's a hard one. It's I think it's there's a lot of like mental health aspects when it comes to the dance world too. Just because you're, I don't know, you you can very easily fall into kind of a toxic, unhealthy mindset. Um, yeah. So I always tell dancers, um, I always tell dancers to just be mindful of your environment. Like, do you feel good where you're dancing? Do you feel supported? Do you feel loved? There's a difference between being pushed to better yourself Mm -hmm. and then being kind of tormented for how you look or how you show up or how you dance. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's really building that muscle of being able to differentiate between the two. It's
0: crazy. That's a fine line for sure. But that's so important to help them be aware that there is a difference and that they can make a choice and that they don't have to put themselves through it if it's not actually, helping them grow and write a safe space. So yes. I'm so glad that you are talking about that. And I think, yeah, it. I agree with you. I think it is something at like, that we all have to kind of go down that path and learn for ourselves. We can mm-hmm. be told as many times, but if, if we don't experience that self-doubt and really learn how to grow a thicker skin, um, it's never really going to click. But I think it's also important to talk about it to help everyone know that they're not alone in those feelings and we all have self-doubt and like, right. we're not we may look perfect on the outside, but we're, we're not, you know, like, oh my gosh, <laughs> Like, and no one can just like be that confident and that perfect. Like we all have our hard our, our days. So yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, I get it. Trust me. It's a part of the human <laughs> experience
0: for sure. Well, yeah. I would love to now jump into your college experience. And mm-hmm. so you went to school for dance, right? I did. I did. Tell, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Okay. So I, I loved college so much. I had such a little soft spot in my heart. Um, I went to California State University, Long Beach, AKA CSULB. Um, and they have a really spectacular dance department. Um, the dance department is kind of split up into, uh, ballet and modern. Mm. You don't, you don't on paper split up, if that makes sense. But you know, if you're in the dance department, if you're like a ballet dancer or a modern dancer. Um, (laughs) But they just have, they had an incredible program. They still have an incredible program. Um, So I personally did the BA. So the Bachelor of Arts in dance. Um, They have options for a BFA. And they also have an option for a BA in dance science. So you would do kind Uh of like, it's super cool. Like physical yeah. therapy and anatomy, but specific to the dancer's body. Oh
0: my gosh. I love that. So right. Cool. Yeah.
1: Super cool. So I mean, college was incredible. I was dancing every single day, of course, as a dance major, I was that little nerd, like walking around in the leotard and shorts, like going to yeah. normal classes. I'm like in English, just sweating post ballet class. It was <laughs> so ridiculous, but no, the, I mean, the department is incredible. I would take all kinds of classes. So you take like the full spectrum of dance um, education, if you will. We had like dance history, uh, lighting and design. So kind of the more technical side of the stage, um, yeah. costuming. So I have to love like, this it. So. Oh my gosh, um, it so fun. It was a mess. Yeah, we did <laughs> music. We did dance anatomy. We did like Pilates. Of course, modern ballet, jazz, like literally anything you can think of that has to do with dance. We took a class on just to just to be able to kind of touch on every aspect um, of the dance history and the dance world and like what you can kind of do today.
0: I think that's awesome. I love that it was a well-rounded program like that, that like lets you kind of try all sides of it. Because again, there are so many different avenues to be involved. Um, and I think it's really helpful to understand what everyone else is doing around you. Even if you're you know, on the stage at the center of it all, like it's so helpful <laughs> to understand everything else. So I love that your program did that. Do you think that that's true of other dance programs at other schools? Or do you think your program was unique?
1: I think for the most part, um, strong dance programs have like a a full spectrum of classes. I can't, I can't speak to like the quality of the class or like who's teaching it and what their Mm -hmm. background is, if that makes sense. But generally speaking, if you're going to major in dance, you would take all of those classes. Um, I think something really incredible with, with Cal State Long Beach not to, you know, to our own horn, but like, for example, <laughs> what I mean by the quality of the class is my, um, anatomy teacher wrote the book that other colleges use.
0: Wow. So, so my she, gosh, love that,
1: right. She was like, oh my gosh, she was incredible. And like, so smart. We were like, oh my gosh, what is, what is she saying? You know, and someone's yeah. so smart that it just like goes over everybody else's head. But <laughs> looking back, I'm like, that's like, that's incredible that we had that opportunity to take classes from such, um, just such amazing faculty. And like the space was incredible. Oh, my God, Lauren, like these studios were like, like the size of our high school, basically, if anybody oh, knows, like, it,
0: yeah. <laughs> just,
1: to be fair, our high, our high school was small, but like these studios were just massive. Like the opportunity given in the dance department was, it was
0: invaluable. That's awesome. And I feel like it would be really great being here in Long Beach, being in SoCal because you were pretty close to Los Angeles. And I don't know when you're in a dance program and you, and you are looking at your career outside of college, what kinds of things were you looking at? Like, were you trying to head to like New York or Los Angeles to get into performing? Um, or I don't know, like, what does that look like? Yeah. So
1: this is a super, um, complex question because there are so many things that you can do with dance um, that it's, it's all dependent on where your heart um, sits in the industry. So college was a really great kind of exploratory few years because towards the end, like junior, senior year, everyone was like, okay, they all had ideas of where they kind of want to fall in the dance world. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I had my friends who wanted to go into the commercial industry like those are the people you see dancing um like one of my friends just dance at the VMA's uh, behind Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande like love it oh my so gosh. cool she's amazing yeah. but like that's the commercial world you know you do like mm-hmm. music videos literal commercials totally um, things that are essentially on TV
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and so for those humans or those dancers they would go to um LA because all the agencies are in LA some of them are in New York as well so you had more of the commercial track and then you have the dancers who want to do what's called concert dance, which is like, you know, Alvin and Ailey, like you go to a theater, you know, you get dressed up yeah. in a little outfit, you go see like a dance company and they perform live on stage. So those dancers kind of wanted to stay in the, in the concert world. And then you had humans like me who are like, okay, <laughs> I don't really want to do either of those. In the middle of college, which I'm sure I'll get to later, I, I realized I love to be on the back end of of a camera filming dance or on the back end, like behind stage, watching my dancers perform on stage. So I learned, I learned kind of early on in college that I love to direct and to choreograph and to be on kind of the production side, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So for me, I was like, okay, this is interesting because I really had to create opportunities for myself because they don't just fall in your lap. Um, Mm -hmm. So to answer your question with being close to LA, like absolutely. If you want to go the commercial route, like you have to be in Southern California. You just do. Mm -hmm. Everything is here, you know? Um, But with that being said, with what I wanted to do, the same thing uh, is true for LA where all those like gorgeous production spaces and Mm -hmm. you know, all those dance videos that you see where it looks like they're in this like deserted warehouse or something. Yeah. That's exactly what I was
0: picturing.
1: Yeah. Those are all in downtown LA. Right. So I was, oh my gosh, the amount of times I drove back and forth, Lauren, just to be able to like go film a video or go do something like you're, you're a hundred percent, you know, on the
0: money with that, everything's in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. A lot of opportunities. So, yeah. and yeah, I would love to talk to you then about your decision to not go the commercial route and to not go the concert mm-hmm. route, because I feel like those are the two that are top of mind when you think of a dancer's career and what, um, yeah. What was that decision about not wanting to do those?
1: Yeah. So I learned, okay. How do I, how do I, I phrase this? I, I, I am not the strongest dancer I have you know I have an extensive background and I of course I'm an advanced dancer but like to step up into that next world you have to be like next level and your body has to be willing if you will like I have so many injuries where I, and it's, I I'm not like even, that. this is not to blame like, Oh, no. I have injuries, So I can't do this. But I just like, I had to make a decision of whether it was worth it for me to try and pursue dance, dance as a career and kind of put my body through that. But I just, I couldn't do it. I have hip injuries. My low back is messed up. It's just kind of, I was, I wanted to listen to myself and my, my body was saying, Hey, <laughs> maybe let's not do this. So full force because it's just not sustainable for me. Right. And truthfully, a dancer's career is pretty short. It's just like a professional athlete. I mean, dance yeah. is, is literally a sport and you have to be so good to your body. Um, you know, genetics mm-hmm. play a part in that as well, but Anyway, my my decision wasn't solely based on that, but that, that was a huge factor for me is is this sustainable for me as just like a physical like from the physical side and it wasn't. So I slowly moved into choreographing um but luckily I fell in love with it. I was like this is amazing. Like you take a dance and you write, you know, however however you do it. For me I write down choreography on a notebook and then you put it on dancers and it literally comes to life, which is just this, like, I know it's the same thing with fashion. Like you have this idea and then it comes to fruition and it's like a tangible thing. And it's just the most beautiful moment that is so hard to explain to other people, but you know, you're
0: an artist too. You really are. I get it. Yeah. So rewarding. And yes,
1: it's just special. And so I forgot the question that you asked me. I went on a tangent. (laughs) No,
0: no, this I think completely answered my question. And and if in my thoughts can wrap it up for you too. I I feel like it's like when your body has to be your tool to success, that's a lot of pressure and stress on yourself. Like, and and that right. Like I totally agree with you. And I see this in like singing, and like you you mentioned athletes, like you have to make that decision. Are you going to put the pressure on your body to make the money or to, you know, to pursue your career? Or if you can take a step back and find something else you love another avenue to be a part of it, you still get to dance. You still get to do what you love, but the pressure isn't on your body to like, create your success. It's, it gets to be about more about your creativity and about yourself and something that's long-term sustainable that you can do for the rest of your life. So I completely, absolutely
1: yeah, Yeah. you, yeah. I don't even need to say anything anymore. Mic drop right there. That was 100% (laughs) accurate.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I'm so glad that you ended up falling in love with choreography and I feel like it's so beautiful by the way, I've watched so many of your videos. So I'd love to start talking about that side of things. So I I love hearing about the creative process behind it. So why don't we start there? Like, what is your creative process when you decide, okay, I need to make a dance? Is it, do you start with a song? Do you start with a move? (laughs) Like a a certain dancer you love? Like, what is it?
1: Oh my gosh, all of the above. I, okay. So for me specifically, and I know some choreographers are different, but I am so inspired by music. Like music is just, Mm -hmm. and I know I sound so frou-frou right now, but it's just like, oof I just love it like when you hear a song and it just hits your soul do you know what I mean yes
0: like oh yes
1: (laughs) that is the moment where I'm like okay this has to be a dance so either it's it's one of those moments where I hear something and I know it has to be a video or say I get hired to do a a solo or a group piece right I'll again Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll search for just hours and find like the most obscure song that no one's ever heard or whatever and I just, I let that kind of inspire the process, if you will. So I'll start with a song that I love, love, love. And then I'll start to kind of put like a skeleton together. Truth, Truthfully, when I hear a song, I can see the dance. I can't see specifics, but you can kind of see like the shapes that the song would make or the mm-hmm. energy of it or even like colors. I use colors a lot too. Um, I love that. Right? And then I'll go in and, you know, I'll write it down or I'll type it up and, Oftentimes when I teach a, teach a dance, I don't have everything set yet. Like I'm not writing down every single count onto a piece of paper, Mm. but I'll have, um, like I said, a skeleton. So I'm like, okay, this is kind of the shape that it will be. And then during rehearsal, I'll go in and I'll fill, fill in the little holes. So cool.
0: And so you don't even need to like be like standing and moving. Like that's how I would picture it. But you just like, kind of like know how to write it all down. Like you just, you feel it in your your mind, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know. It sounds, it's so, it's so strange to try and describe or like, (laughs) but no, you're a hundred percent right. I've choreographed so many things just like sitting down because, and I'm sure it's because I've been dancing and choreographing for so long that It really does feel like second nature. Totally. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes I'll go into the studio and I'll just like a couple weeks ago, I was like, okay, I need to get out of my house because I'm (laughs) going insane. And I'm going to go in the studio and just create what I, what we call phrases. So like, you know, an eight count or two eight counts. And I just kind of create this little piece of movement and I'll write it down. And I just have it kind of like stored in like a little back catalog in my head. So, Sometimes it is really lovely to get into a big space and like look in the mirror and have your music blasting. Um, so it kind of just depends on what yeah. mood, what
0: mood you're in. You Artists totally. are moody. We're moody people. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and so, what was one of your first big choreograph pieces that like you are super proud of?
1: Yeah. So, okay, I owe honestly, honestly, I owe my choreography career to my. High school dance coach. Mm-hmm. Um, can I say her name or are we? Yeah, no, okay. of
0: course. Sarah. <laughs> and I, I love, love, love her too. Much. I got to work with her in theater at our high school and she was so incredible, so inspiring. She's
1: amazing. She's, She's amazing. Yeah. So I graduated um, from high school in 2012, I think. Yes. And <laughs> I'm like, what day is it? So, yeah. and then that <laughs> summer, I went to go watch the dance. So I was no longer on dance team. Okay. I was 18 years old, just graduated, but that summer I went to go watch their um, camp because I'm, you know, I just can't get enough. I was obsessed and we're sitting there and Sarah, Sarah looks at me and she was like, do you you want to choreograph a dance for this competition season? And I was like, yes, I do. Are you (laughs) kidding? You know, I'm like 18 years old, like so excited. And so before I went to college, I, Went back to my high school, you know, just two months after I graduated, and I set a piece on them. And I remember, Lauren, sometimes when I doubt myself now, you know, at 26, I remember how like bold and just unapologetic I was at 18. Like, Mm -hmm. there was not a moment in my head when she asked where I was like, I don't know how to do that. I can't do that. Right. I can't do that. This is insane. I was like, yes, you know, before I could even think about it I just said yes and I went in and I said a piece and it was so fun and it came out really beautiful and they competed it and it it did really well at nationals and I was like okay girl like this is that's so good I know. So I'm sure if I looked back, I would be like, oh my gosh. Cause you know, when you look back at your first,
0: like your early work, you're like, oh, that's so embarrassing, but no, but I love that that unapologetic confidence that we have when we're young before we realize all the judgments or or who (laughs) knows. like
1: (laughs) For real though, before (laughs) you're like, oh gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. So that's kind of, there's, you know, I've, I've done a lot of choreography, but that one really sticks out in my yeah. head. Cause I, I can still see like where we were sitting on the bleachers. And when she was like, do you want to do this? And
0: just did it. I love that. Such a special memory. And that made me think about too, a question that I always ask on this podcast is like, what were some things that you were doing to make money during all of this? Like, Uh, were you using (laughs) dance to make money or did you have survival jobs or like what, um, right? Like, what did that look like for you?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think this is something that we're really fortunate with in the dance world is, you can teach dance Mm -hmm. literally anywhere. Um, Something that's so wild to me is that nobody needs a certification to teach dance, which is like concerning.
0: So true. (laughs) But
1: but also, you know, it bodes well for us because when you're, you can usually start teaching dance at like 15, 16 at a dance studio Um, or you start assisting classes, you know, and then when you're Mm -hmm. 18, you take over your own classes. So For me specifically, I started teaching at 15 at a dance studio that I was going to um, up in in Northern California. And that just, that stuck with me every year. Even when I went down to school in Southern California, um, I reached out to a lot of local studios and I joined what's called their sub list. Um, Mm. And it's exactly what it sounds like. If they need a sub, they're like, Hey, can you come and teach this jazz one class? Whatever. So you go, yeah. you teach the class. And then, you know, I I feel like I've always been like a little businesswoman, but I'm like, hey, I'm Ati and I can teach all these classes. Like email me. You know what I mean? Just right. so ridiculous. So I started to just contact the studios in the area and I and I taught. I've taught at a lot of different places. Um, but it's it's reliable because no matter mm-hmm. where you move. Chances are very high there's at least one or two dance studios totally. um, and dance classes typically pay well. Um, you want to make sure they're not, you know, ripping you off because some places will definitely try and do that. Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't too, too difficult to get teaching jobs, um, whether it's like little kitty classes or you're doing advanced stuff. Um, so, so that true. was a, yeah. a lucky, consistent opportunity.
0: Absolutely, and yeah, so true. Kind of unique in the dance world, but that'll always be there, which is so nice. Yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> totally. And then, what about when you started wanting to put together some like video choreography and and put together your own videos while you were in college? When you were looking for dancers, were you having to pay them? Were they paying you like? was, was there any sort of job in that realm of your life or was it more just hobby? Was it just for fun? Does that make sense? Yeah,
1: it totally makes sense. And I think when I was in the college, um, part of my life, if you will, um, everyone was collaborating because everybody needed something from someone else, you know? So I, I always say I got so lucky with my best friends in college, but I had, I of course had dance major best friends. So I had like built in performers right there. Yeah. And then some of our other best friends who is still one of my best friends and does all of my YouTube videos, um, Brayden, he lived downstairs in my dorm and he was a film major. So perfect. we always had this like very collaborative, incredibly artistic group around us that, Everyone needed a favor, whether it was just for something personal and creative or something for a college project that they needed to submit or just something we would kind of like barter. Hey, will you do this for me and I'll do this for you? Um, So in college, there wasn't payment necessarily between students, mostly because none of us had money either. We were like, this is not (laughs) going to (laughs) work. Um, but now most definitely when I have dancers do something for me, whether it's, you know, guest teaching on the channel or they're performing for me, um, there's, there's pay there now, but it definitely took me a long time to be able to get to that, um, yeah. that spot. But I mean, college was great. We would just, oh my gosh. Yeah. Collaborate and
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. we lucked out. Yes, that's awesome. (laughs) And you mentioned your YouTube channel. So I would love to start talking about that journey and when that started for you.
1: Yes. Okay. So YouTube is a really uh, interesting story. In college, I had a teacher who said, you can either film a video and show it in class or you can perform it live. I was like, I'm going to do a video because that's way easier than the day of class. (laughs) Like, I don't have to worry. You know, I can just kind of sit down and and coast. Totally. Um, So got one of my best friends, Matt. We like did a little video together in the school gym. You can like see people working out in the background. It's (laughs)
0: hilarious. Oh my
1: gosh. Right. And my friend filmed it um, and I submitted it. I put it up on the YouTube channel just because I had to, I needed a link. Mm -hmm. So I was like, that's the only way I know how to do that. YouTube, done, whatever. Once I did that project, I was like, hey, dance looks like really cool on video. I'm going to make another video. So I chose to do a video to say something by A Great Big World. Do you remember that song? Yes. Yes. Like so dramatic, but it was so popular. Totally. I did a video. And you can still go see it on my channel. I will never, ever delete it because it is such a like time capsule of just, first of all, it's terrible. It's the girl's wearing like, it is. I filmed it. So it's all shaky and I filmed it on my iPhone and it's black and white and it's like so drama. I love it. (laughs) Anyway, that video blew up and I had no idea why, but it's, it's in the millions right now, which is millions of views. That's Millions insane. of views. Insane. I know. Lauren, trust me. If you go watch it, you're going to be like, why? But <laughs> I realized it's because the song was very, very popular at the mm-hmm. moment. So that video brought in about 25,000 subscribers.
0: Wow. And you had two videos on your I channel. Had
1: two videos, and they were trash. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, what is this? So that was in 2012. Okay. Oh. We did nothing on the channel until 2018. So for oh six gosh. years, I had this kind of like dead channel, if you will. And Brayden yeah. one day, who does all the video, like I said, he was like, "Ati, what are you doing? Like you have an audience that's you just have eyeballs, right? Right? <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? And so, you know, we looked at it and I was like, okay. Like it didn't really have any it didn't hold any weight for me like i was like mm. oh whatever it's just kind of sitting there anyway about you know 6 years later in 2018 braden was like let's start doing this and just see what happens and i was like okay sure so braden thank you i love you because we started doing our weekly videos and we are now at 340,000 people wow. on youtube um And they're incredible. I have the sweetest audience in the whole entire world, but they were there. They were just waiting for me to uh, get off my butt and start doing stuff on there.
0: I love how, how that just happened for you and, and that you like took your time and like, Had a friend kind of help push you in. But when you guys came in to to really start making videos, I feel like that was very purposeful and probably really fun putting together. Like, okay, what is this channel gonna be? So what did it start out as? And is it the same as what it is now? Yeah, it's so
1: funny that you say that because I feel, I mean, I still sometimes feel like I have no idea what I'm doing, but I definitely have gotten a much better grip on it. But at the beginning, we were like, okay, we're gonna put out like dance videos.
0: Right. Yeah. So we
1: just started to put out kind of choreography. And then I was like, hey, what if we did what if we did tutorials? And it's just funny because the more we started to put out, the more we found our voice, mm-hmm. the more we found the editing style. It's very it's very um distinctive. Like you know, you know it's a Miss Ati video just from like the way it's edited, like the way that I talk, whatever. It's just it's very it's authentic. It's very much so. Braden and I, like, literally coming out in the video, mm-hmm. we, you know, in front of the camera and him behind the camera. But you can feel his personality come through. Um, but it, seriously, the more consistent we were and the more um, just not worried about what things looked like, the more we naturally found our groove. Mm-hmm. And then now it's like, you know, we had a team meeting last week and we were laughing because we're so organized now we know like we know what we're doing we know when things are coming now we have content done for the whole year oh my gosh but last year we were like oh my gosh what are we putting out next week do you have this video like we were we very much so just kind of jumped off a cliff basically with this and just figured it out on the way down and like now we are we're okay you know we're doing
0: well I love that you guys have like grown so much. Congratulations. That is incredible. (laughs) And at what point, when you then came back to YouTube and you started posting out or putting out consistent videos, did you start making money off of that? Because I feel like that's a huge draw for having a big YouTube channel and a big following is that you can monetize that. So, when did you think about that and start implementing that?
1: Sure. So, every video is a gamble this the mm-hmm. social the social media algorithm is like does it even exist we don't know like some things i swear and it's the same thing for instagram like some things you'll get like 200 likes and then the next post has like 10,000 people looking at it and yeah anyway here's needless to say i've started to detach from the numbers mm-hmm. because as important as they are to yes bring in brand deals and make money and do all the things they're really irrelevant. If you like really, really think about
0: Mm -hmm. the
1: number of subscribers, number of followers, number of whatever, whatever, does it matter in the grand scheme of life? Not really, but the impact you're making and like how your content is changing people's lives for the better or inspiring people, the lasting impact of it is much more important to me. So I started to kind of like let go of, I'm going to do this just for money. Um, Because I found that that wasn't producing a, the best content. And it was also just stressing me out. I was like, Oh my God, this video is not doing well, blah, blah, blah. So I started, even now I just kind of put things out there and I'm like, all right, if it's going to do well, it's going to do well. If not, like we have next week, we have plenty of time to Mm -hmm. continue growing. With that being said, I, I made a video with the point shop. So the point shop is this really stellar, um, point shoe, uh, shop. Um, (laughs) and the owner, Josephine is amazing and she fits point shoes. And so I found her, I don't remember how, but I was like, I want to collaborate with her. So I sent an email and I was like, okay, you know, we're going to, we're going to collaborate. And I had pitched like, Hey, we'll do this for this rate. And she, she's a little businesswoman too. So she responded and she was like, Hey, we don't, you know, we like to just kind of collaborate and not do like payment, but we'll, we'll promote each other. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So we went and we did it and we made this really cool. um, What happens at your first point shoe fitting. And it's what happens when, you know, when you get your point shoes and you go and it's like a whole process. So we put that video up. Nothing happened for like two months and then all of a sudden, the video was in the millions. Like, it just picked up and it blew up. Wow. And from that, I know. That's why I'm like, these numbers are just – You,
0: you just get, never know. Yeah. yeah.
1: You never know, so don't get attached to them. Just let them be. So that video went up into the millions. We got 30,000 subscribers just from that one video. Wow. Needless to say, that video is what sparked our um, ad money. So we started to get Google AdSense. So when you're um, when you have a YouTube channel, there's ads that run. You know those little commercials that you can either skip or not skip. Yeah. Um. Those are strategically placed on those videos, and if you click on them, or maybe you buy something from the video specifically, that YouTuber gets to make a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. Um. Does that mean every video with millions of views makes a lot of money? No. It just is dependent on how those ads do. So from that video, we started to make, um, money and then all the other videos kind of like snowball on top, or they snowballed on top of that one to kind mm-hmm. of generate this, this monthly income for us.
0: Wow. And did, um, the owner of the shop end up like being like, oh my gosh, I do want to pay you or she was just thrilled with the, <laughs> with, <laughs> the see, result. Oh, she's
1: awesome. We we still, um, we still chat and i'm sure we'll collaborate again um but she was just like oh my gosh like what but did happened did she get a bunch of video? sales from it so she i know she had a lot of people um because she travels to fit point oh, shoes and cool. i know a lot of them were like oh my gosh i saw miss Ati's video with you on it we're so excited and i know a lot of people comment on the video saying i josephine came and fitted at our studio so i think it it helped um like what's that word? Uh, like visibility wise, people mm-hmm. were like, Oh, I know her. She's from yeah. that video.
0: She has that awesome point shop. Um, and if they trust you, then they yeah. trust her. I love that. Totally. Also, yes. you said your name again, Miss Ati. I love yeah. that name. Like what a great name for a YouTube channel. Was that what you had from like day one or did that branding kind of come way through?
1: Oh my gosh. What did I, you know what? I have always branded it as Miss Ati when we started doing the YouTube because that that's just who I am like when yeah, I started teaching at, at age 15 all my students called me Miss Ati. of course that's what you do in the dance world you know yeah but it's funny because it started to like not just stay in the studio my friends started to call me Miss Ati. like it, it became like a term of endearment basically where like Everyone knows that, you know, I teach dance or blah, blah, blah. They were like kind of making fun of me, but in the most like loving way, like here comes Miss Ati, And so even to this day, a lot of my friends still call me that. And so it kind of just stuck as a nickname, but it was also um, accurate because I am, I was a dance teacher, you know?
0: No, I love it. I think that's yeah. such a great name for your channel. <laughs> and so you moved probably from your channel onto social media as well and started growing on Instagram. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. Yes. What has that been like?
1: Girl, Instagram is a beast. She's a beast. Uh, yeah. yeah. I know you get it. You get yeah. it. <laughs> um. Yeah. Instagram has been interesting. It's definitely a slower build for me personally. Um, I thought I was like, oh, like, the channel's big. Like people will just automatically trickle over. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't, that didn't happen as quickly as I thought. Um, they, you, you know, or sorry, the Instagram is growing daily, but, um, it's kind of just one of those things where it's, it's supplementary for me. Like I love to post mm-hmm. on there and I, and I talk to a lot of people on there. I get a lot of DMS and people are asking advice and it's, it's sweet. Like the, the subscribers that, come from youtube to instagram are like really interested and they're really invested and they want to yeah. know more about like my personal life because i post some like some personal things on there totally um,
0: stuff that you wouldn't get on youtube right like that's exactly. kind of the,
1: yeah the draw. it's like a little more totally it's a little more lifestyle on there so you can kind of get to know um that side of me as well um and it's sweet i love reading their messages and their comments and and all those things um so, again, I try not to get stressed about mm-hmm. scaling and like what the numbers are going to look like. Cause at the end of the day, like just being able to connect with people and, and also put faces to names is, is really cool. Oh my cool. gosh, like, totally. Hey, I know that person. Yeah, That's so
0: fun. <laughs> I love that. And then I just have to ask are you on TikTok? I feel like as a dancer, you would totally be on TikTok, or is it like too much? Like, what, what are your feelings? <laughs> I This
1: is like a whole other can of worms. Yeah. I have such a strange, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how I feel about TikTok. I, A, think it's really fun for a dance. I think that there's really like positive things out there. It's, I've done some TikTok
0: tutorials on my channel. Um, oh yeah. Oh, such a great idea for a YouTube video teaching yeah. people. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Totally. Cause people want to learn it, but I haven't myself created a TikTok account just because out of full transparency, it's, it's too many things for me yep. to do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I totally get
1: that. Yeah. It just is. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like I, you know, even just keeping up with Instagram, sometimes I get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, TikToks is still TBD for me. I, I know there's, there's also kind of a, like an ugly side of it a little bit where, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So I'm trying to, I'm, I'm still trying to decide, but I think the the TikTok tutorials on the channel will, will remain, we'll do like the popular ones because they're fun. We did Renegade and we did another one from a a Netflix series. Um, I don't know if you saw it, the never have I ever
0: show. I I haven't seen it yet. I need to watch it. Yeah.
1: It's very cute, but they did a TikTok dance in it. Um, and we put it on the channel too. So Well, we'll see how that evolves, but for right now, right now we're not fully on it.
0: No, (laughs) I, no, I mean, I go on it and I go through it and like, I feel like it can be a way to like grow more of a following, but like for sure. But I I think you've got such a great thing going on your YouTube channel and like, it's very branded to you. And TikTok is so different that yeah, I say, keep, keep with what you're doing. Hey, if it's working, (laughs) you've got it going. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks girl. (laughs) Yeah. And so we kind of skipped over, but like the YouTube channel kind of started while you were in college and then you kind Mm -hmm. of let it sit until a few years after you graduated. Right. So when you graduated, Mm -hmm. what was your plan? And like, what was your main source of income, and and then now, you know how different is it?
1: Oh my gosh, I'm like, what even? 2016 is when yeah. I graduated, and I was teaching so much, mm-hmm. like like that was your main way, focus, way too much, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I got to the point of burnout because I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, Ati, I, I was honestly, I think I was teaching like 15 or 20 classes a week. It was wild. Um, and you know, I know for, I know for someone with like a nine to five job, they're like, okay, so what? Like that's not that big of a deal, but teaching is exhausting because it's so high energy for like the entire 60 minutes. And then say you're doing four classes a day, five days a week. Like Yeah, it just got to the point where I was like, oh my god, like my throat would always hurt after Mm -hmm. I would teach I would my back would hurt the next day. It was crazy. So yeah To answer your question. Yes, I was to make money I was teaching so much and I was choreographing which was fantastic, but the actual teaching jobs themselves kind of started to started to trickle down throughout the years until the YouTube channel started and then when we started the channel in 2018 I spoke to my family and I was like, I cannot, I can't do both. I need to, we either have to decide like if I'm going to fully dive into YouTube mm-hmm. or if I'm going to stay with my teaching schedule and you know, my family's incredibly supportive and they were oh. like, okay, we got you for a little bit <laughs> mm-hmm. while you're trying to figure this out. And, um, I quit everything. I quit all wow. of my teaching jobs, you did. Um, which felt amazing. I'm am sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it's funny, because I love teaching, but you can love something so much and still get to the point of burnout mm-hmm. because you're just doing it too much. and you're you know there wasn't enough like rest and kind of recuperation in between. Um, it was just really, really go, go, go. Um, yeah, and you know, so- even though it
0: was just like you said, four classes a day, and you could be like, oh, it's only four hours a day. There's so much more that you have to do on top of that, whether it's planning out your classes, your choreography, admin stuff, you know, reaching mm-hmm. out to your your clients or your yeah. students or whatever sure. it may be. So I'm sure like that, that was a full-time schedule and a lot. And I'm so glad you Talk to your family and made that choice to like go all in on your YouTube channel. And I feel like what's so special about that is you're still teaching, but when you put up a video, it lives there for forever. You don't have to do that class over <laughs> and over and over again. Like people can right. be learning and enjoying and and falling in love with your teaching style and following you and it, it's all up there. Once you put in the work, the work stays and lives on. So it's even better.
1: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> right? I know that's, that's definitely something you know, I would say with anyone that's trying to figure out their career path, whether they're a dancer or not is Mm -hmm. learn your personality, (laughs) like learn what makes you happy and what makes you miserable basically. Mm -hmm. And I learned not to be dramatic with the word miserable, but truly, and I don't know if if you've ever been in that position before, but I had days where I was like dragging my feet to get to the studio. I was like, I just don't want to do this. And I have learned that for myself, I have a very short attention span (laughs) when it comes to work. I like to do the work, put it out, be done with it. I don't Mm -hmm. like to kind of return to things every week at the same time with the same group. Like my, does that make sense? Yeah. It like drains the creativity out of my, right. out of my body. Yeah. And I just have learned that the moment I start to feel like really sluggish and unmotivated and just kind of blah about mm-hmm. what I'm doing, something has to change. Like there's something not in alignment there that needs to be um, shifted. So that's been a huge, huge learning curve for me over the years. And, you know, maybe you can relate with something, but I just definitely like learning your red flags is really, really important to kind of cultivating fulfillment for yourself in a career.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's such good advice. And, and I love that you found that in YouTube, you get to continue with so many projects and, and your creativity, I feel like just flourishes because of it. Cause like you said, you get to do something and put it out there and then, oh my gosh, new idea. Let's do it. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which exactly sounds so fun, but also sounds stressful. Like I'm sure there have been some tough times. And like you said, a year ago, you guys were like scrambling and like, now you have it together. Like, do you have any advice for having a YouTube channel or trying to create content and like what that's like. I do. I really do. (laughs)
1: Um, first of all, I want everyone to know that like, it's not all glitz and glam. There are some days where I'm like, my brain feels fried. I'm like, I can't think of, can't think of anything. I'm like, do I even know how to dance? Like I like my brain feels just empty, you know? Yeah. But It takes a little bit of rest. It takes a little bit of like maybe finding inspiration from other artists and being like, okay, cool. I can try that. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, not just using yourself as a source of creativity is super important. Um, I would say for anybody who wants to start a YouTube channel or has a YouTube channel and wants it to grow is consistency. And Mm -hmm. it's such a boring answer, but it is the magic formula to creating something sustainable It doesn't matter if things are blowing up right now in the best way. You need to just keep putting your content out there on a consistent basis. Choose a day. Choose a time. Put it out there every single week, every other week. Whatever your schedule is, Like, don't slack on that part. Be consistent Mm -hmm. and people will start to come. That's my first little nugget of wisdom. My second nugget of wisdom is authenticity. And I'm sure you've seen this before. It's, you go to a channel or an Instagram and you're like, I feel like this person is trying too hard
0: mm-hmm. or they're
1: trying to be someone else yeah, or like replicate something else. And here's the thing. Even if that works, you're going to be exhausted and chances yes. are very high. You're not going to feel fulfilled because you're not going along your organic path you're trying to like jump into someone else's path. Yeah. So being authentic helps people relate to you because I could easily and I'm getting on a tangent here. So feel free to stop me. But No, keep going. <laughs> so there's there's a lot of videos, Lauren, where like I fall out of a turn or, you know, my outfit is not perfection. And like I could easily, I could easily put together this like perfect, like sports bra and leggings and like have my full makeup on and like do all the things and Mm -hmm. make all of the tutorials things that I'm already very good at so that it looks polished and perfect. But that's not real. (laughs) So I've tried to be authentic and be genuine in what I'm doing because it makes me relatable. And I think Honestly, honestly, I think that's what has drawn a lot of people to the channel is, you know, at Miss Auti, we, we pride ourselves on being genuine humans. Like you don't have to come there and be intimidated. You can come there and be inspired and encouraged and dance, dance can be a really vicious industry. It can be yeah. very exclusive. And so we're trying to be very inclusive. Um, and I think that's what's brought a lot of people. So nugget wisdom one is consistency nugget wisdom two is authenticity um I love that yeah I would say maybe number three is is to collaborate Mm. at the beginning I was very um very possessive of my channel. I was like, no one else is going to be on here. It's just me. Like, this is my baby, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. But (laughs) the reason being is because, you know, you, you work so hard on something and you want to protect it. Right. Mm -hmm. But I realized that collaboration brings new energy. It brings new ideas. It only makes you better. It makes the channel better Mm -hmm. and it helps the other person get better as well. Um, So collaboration is your friend, not your enemy. So those are my, those are my three, uh, my three little nuggets. (laughs) I love all of
0: those so much. And I think those can relate to anyone like in even me having my podcast. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's something when I started my podcast that there's that fine line of like copying others and like creating Mm -hmm. your own space. And I think it's so much easier to create your own authentic thing as, or as it seems easier to copy someone because like, Oh, the ideas are already there and whatever. But like you said, it's actually just going to get harder for you in the long run because you're not going to actually feel the love for your project because it wasn't Mm -hmm. yours to begin Mm -hmm. with, or it wasn't your creative ideas where if you're creating this thing, you know, you just trust in your gut and like, it's always going to keep coming you know, with more ideas for yourself. I don't know. I feel like now I'm going on a a tangent here, but no, no, I love it. I I completely agree. I think it's, it, it's so much more valuable to stay true to yourself and to stay authentic. And so I highly encourage everyone to just trust in yourself. (laughs) And I always say, you know, I was like, but do people even like me? Are people going to even want to listen to me or watch me or whatever? Like there's totally that fear when you are trying to put out something authentic, but like, I always remind myself, there are so many humans in this World. And there are people out there who like the same things I like. Even if I think my marketing or like my Instagram is like a little bit different, but there are people out there who are going to like that. Like, don't just follow what everyone else is doing. Like, do what Mm -hmm. feels right for you. And like, Mm -hmm. people will come, the right people, your audience. Right
1: people is huge. The right people. That's such a good point to make. And, you know, you were saying, should you create your own space? And I think another good point to touch upon is that there is space for you. Yes. Oftentimes. And I don't know if this happens to you, but, uh, Instagram, I think because I'm a dance YouTuber, it puts other YouTubers on my explore page.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And I get stressed. I'm like, Oh my gosh, there's this, there's this person doing dance too. And then this one, and then this one, and then this one, but I'm like, okay, when I get into that mindset I'm like, Ati, there is so much room there's room for everybody to succeed there's room for everyone to to teach to do x y and z and I saw a really cute quote the other day that one of my friends posted it said if you ever feel like there's not room for you to do you know whatever you love take a walk down the bread aisle and I started dying. There are so many bread companies. Think about the bread aisle in the grocery store. There's like <laughs> a thousand bread loaves to choose from. And I know that's so dorky, but it's the truth. It like, is true.
0: And, and they're doing fine. Way.
1: Yeah. Oh, they're they're <laughs> thriving. They are more than fine. They're thriving. But it's funny because when I start to get really serious about that, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many dance content creators. I genuinely think about the bread aisle and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be fine. It's going to yep. be okay.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I love that little piece of advice. That's so, right? yeah. <laughs> so funny, but no, it's so, so true. And I am so thrilled for you that you have found success in your YouTube channel. I mean, is this just a dream for you right now? Like this is your main source of income, right? This is what you do. For your job, like, all day, every day, just creating content. Like, could you see yourself doing this for forever? Like, what's the future look like?
1: Ooh, what is the future? First of all, thank you. You're very sweet, and I appreciate the love for that. Um, And I do want to say it's not just me. I have a really cool team um, behind me. My dad is our acting business manager, and he's been a godsend. And then Brayden has been incredible, like, incredible with film and editing and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um anyway needless to say it's will this be forever I don't I don't see the YouTube channel going anywhere I think that the content can it's evergreen so it can be relevant truly whenever Mm -hmm. um but I would you know I would love to shift into like I don't know like a series or something maybe on like other platforms or you know maybe move into an app or like a subscription service, people can, there's, I, here's the thing, Lauren, I, I've decided that I want the, I want the brand, Miss Ati to just have a good impact on the world. And I would love to have that be what provides my living. Like I, those are, those are my two goals. I would love to make enough money from it to live a, you know, a comfortable life, a good life, a fun life. But in the same breath, I just want it to be this space that is positive for Mm -hmm. dancers, that's well known for dancers to come to. But I have opened my mind on what that path is going to look like for us. Um, I think a few months ago, actually, I was very laser focused on we're going to be an app. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And that's it. But I've realized over the last few months with things being so uncertain and really having to go with the flow that I want to do the same thing with, with work. I, I know my two goals are to live a comfortable life and to be a positive influence in other people's lives. How I get there is kind of up, up in the air and it's Mm. up to the universe. Basically. I'm, I'm just trying to be as open-minded, open-minded and receptive as possible, um, of what that's going to look like for us.
0: I love that. I think that's such a good answer. And, and yeah, that made me want to ask you about covid and how that's affected you but i feel like you're kind of in a great spot right now to be going through a time where everything's being taken virtual and have you seen that help in growing your youtube channel and do you think a lot of dancers are going to be looking to online teachers now
1: i do i think that you know as awful as covid has been and how sad you know with people getting so sick um the the space for online creators has been just tripled quadrupled because Mm -hmm. that's what people are doing they're at home so yes at the beginning of the pandemic um for us in the United States there was a huge spike in the number of views because people were they had nothing else to do but to look to uh, the internet (laughs) um (laughs) so from there yeah there's I mean there's been I, I would say more engagement um and I would say if anything, there's like 10 times more need for mm-hmm. the classes and the things that I'm putting out there. So that's that's kind of been a, a silver lining of this, um, of this experience that we're all going through of this season in life that we're all going through. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, the other thing is people want virtual lessons. So I've been yeah. doing a lot of... Um, master classes via zoom. I've been teaching private lessons via zoom. Um, and it's actually been really fun. It's, it's cute. I'm I'm like in the living room dancing and, um, it's just nice to still connect and to see how people are Mm -hmm. continuing on with their lives, continuing on with the things that bring them joy. And then to be able to be a part of that. And it doesn't matter where people are located geographically has been actually like
0: pretty cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that too. Right. Like you can be teaching people all over the world.
1: Truly, truly. I've had people from different countries. It's like, it's been
0: pretty, it's
1: been pretty rad actually.
0: That is so <laughs> awesome. Oh, I love it so much. Well, I have had so much fun getting to talk with you today and share your story. Thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. And do you want to tell everyone where they can find you? yes um let's see you can find me on youtube <laughs> after yes. all that
1: yeah. <laughs> youtube youtube.com slash miss Um, and then also on instagram i'm, I'm truly miss atti on, yeah, like on all the platforms
0: go look her up you
1: just just look <laughs> it up you'll find me um but yeah that's kind of just where people can connect and take class and learn a little bit more about me and ask questions if they have any um via dm yeah. and we can connect but Lauren, seriously thank you so much for having me that was a fun little little part of my of my day yay oh
0: my gosh it was so fun for me too <laughs> Much for listening to today's episode of Let's Talk Loco. I hope you guys enjoyed. And if you're curious to learn more about what we talked about today, you can go to letstalkloco.com ati dash Kamal. I also have that link in the description of this episode. And please follow us on Instagram at Miss aughty and at Let's Talk Loco. I have loved growing my community on Instagram. I post things weekly about our new episodes or about other tips and tricks and things going on in my life. And it's such a fun way to be connected with you guys. And remember, share this podcast with any of your friends who you think are looking into a creative career and need a little encouragement, a little boost, who want to learn more. That's what this podcast is all about. It's all about talking loco and sharing with your friends and even talking more about your own career path with others because we're all going through such similar things and it can feel very lonely sometimes and I just want everyone to remember that we're all in this together and we can get through it and you will get through it. So I hope Let's Talk Loco has been inspiring and encouraging encouraging you. And I hope you're excited for next week's episode. I have a few more lined up for the rest of the year. can't believe this year is almost over. We've almost made it, you guys. Um, But I've got some really exciting people that I'm talking to in the next few weeks. So look out for more episodes. And until then, I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great week.